Good morning. It's Tuesday, October the 31st, in the year of our Lord, 2023. All Hallows Eve. Of course, that means tomorrow is All Saints Day, which we mostly will observe on Sunday. But maybe we can make something big out of it here tomorrow. We'll see. But it is Tuesday, and we have a prayer to pray together, a prayer of consecration. I love in Joshua there in chapter 3 where Joshua was coming through the camp, and he says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, We Are at War. Our text is Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 9. Hear now the word of the Lord. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. The word of the Lord. Now consider this. We must begin today with the closing words of yesterday's text. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. In today's text, we witness an unprecedented miracle with Peter's supernatural deliverance. From Herod's dungeon. It's astonishing, really. The church prayed. Peter was miraculously delivered from prison and sure execution. But then we compare our own impossible scenarios and the apparent failure of our own prayers in the face of them. We face situations like terminal cancer with great faith and when our prayers are not answered, the pendulum swings back to 
Why? And what's the point? No one ever points out the unanswered prayer of deliverance for James. Don't you know the church prayed just as hard for James as they did for Peter? The big takeaway in the apostolic school of prayer is this one. Do not give up. Ever. Just because we seem to lose badly on one battlefront does not mean we should give up on the other ones. Sometimes it will feel like God is not home. Other times it will feel like He does not care. Faith is unwavering confidence in God, no matter what. We need to remember, before it is all said and done, all twelve of the apostles will meet their death as martyrs and Peter's will be the worst of them all. And this despite all the prayers of the church to deliver them. There's something we need to remember about New Testament life in the kingdom of God. This is war. Yes, we are at war. Though our quiet, small towns peaceful suburbs or sequestered urban neighborhoods may tell another story on the surface. Beneath it all, a massive war is being waged against us and the whole creation by the rogue enemies of sin, darkness, evil, and death. Wake up, sleepers! We are in a war of epic proportions. We will win in the end, but it does not change the fact of where we find ourselves in the present. In a war, you win some battles and you lose some battles. I love how Martin Luther put it in verse 3 of his celebrated battle hymn. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear. For God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. The church must sing and shout and declare and cling to and never let go of that most powerful little word. Jesus, no matter what you are facing today, put your hope in God. Do not give up. Even if you lose the present battle, do not give up. James may fall, but Peter is still depending on your prayers. Keep on keeping on. And never forget verse 4. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them, abideth. The Spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. (laughs) Amen. Man, you know we're singing that song today. 
the prayer. Let's do the prayer of transformation. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father. Amen. And the question, does the concept of being at war with its many battles, help give you perspective on why sometimes our prayers are answered and sometimes not? What would it mean for you to step out of casual religion, i.e. churchianity, and get on a war footing? Please don't take offense, I had to ask. In our hymn today, you know what we're singing, a mighty Fortress is our God. It's hymn number 35. This is the battle hymn of the Reformation. Martin Luther, hymn number 35 in our seedbed hymnal, our great Redeemer's praise. 35, here we go. All four verses with all we've got. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. Were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Dost ask who that may be, Christ Jesus it is he. Lord Sabbath, his name, from age to age the same. And he must win the battle. 
And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The Prince of Darkness grim, we tremble not for him, his rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The Spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. <laughs> Man, I love that hymn. Amen, Martin Luther. Thank you for that. This was written in 1529. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. No, I'm counting wrong. <laughs> I'm trying to count the centuries. It's a bunch, okay? This is an old song, but it never gets old. And thanks for singing it with me today, A Mighty Fortress. It's such a blessing to sing that hymn on Halloween, isn't it? You know, I'm not one of these... Halloween bashers, uh, I get it. I think it's fine, you know, for kids to come and trick-or-treat and to give them candy. I've seen people say, well, you know, I'm not participating in That's the devil's holiday. You know, I think that's how the devil can win sometimes. It's like, what night in the universe does every kid in town come to your house? When does that happen? Answer, never. It never happens. And to me, it's already a way that Jesus is beating the devil <laughs> by, by bringing all the kids to your house on one night a year. I think the church and Christians and people like you and me need to get more imaginative. I mean, I am, I'll be honest, a little bit disturbed by the ghoulishness of the celebration where we're putting, I see in people's yards like gravestones and bones and all kinds of ghoulish things. And, and I know people don't mean anything by that, but it means something. It means something. It's like, why don't we put our focus on how we could bless children who come to our house on Halloween, come to our door? I mean, let's be imaginative, right? Candy's good, I guess. But there's got to be other ways in addition to that 
that we could be a blessing. I mean, I think the worst thing Christians can do is turn off their lights and say, don't come to my house. Because guess what? They're not going to come tomorrow night or the night after that. They're not going to come on any other night. Every kid in town will come to your house tonight. Let's ask the Spirit of God to fill us with blessing. What if we, in addition to candy, what if we put Bible verses on little cards or, I don't know, give them a cross? There's, there's a lot of ways we can do it. That's not real imaginative, but it's good. God's Word, you know, sow it. So there you go. Halloween as an opportunity to sow for a great awakening, right? Let's go for it. I got some seeds to get together in light of that. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I think I'm going to put seeds in their baskets too, just seeds too, in addition to candy. Who knows? Let's be ready. Let's be open. Let's be willing. And then the most important thing, let's celebrate all saints. We're going to do it Sunday, but why do we got to wait till Sunday? I'm going to look for a way to, to celebrate with you all on Wednesday. I got to go, guys. You do too. We got stuff to do. I'll see you on the field. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall. 